Hello and welcome back to the Unlocking Theatre podcast. On this week's episode, we talk to Misha Richardson about Come From Away, The Bodyguard, Mamma Mia and Legally Blonde. Before we start the episode, here's this week's theatre news. It's been announced that the Broadway production of Mean Girls will close. The Ratatouille TikTok musical has helped raise over $2 million for the Actors Fund. And more shows have been added to NT Live at Home and they're available to rent or subscribe. Enjoy the episode. My name is Misha Richardson. I am 30 years old. I trained at Erdang Academy. I originally went to Erdang thinking I was going to be a commercial dancer. Three years there and then I left my third year early to start my first job in Legally Blonde as Pilar. Went on to do Rocky on an arena tour, World Arena Tour. I've done Hairspray in Singapore and Kuala Lumpur. I've done Fame on a UK tour. I've done Xanadu at the Southwark Playhouse. I'm Mamma Mia on the UK tour as Ali. Um, I did Bodyguard in China as one of the backing vocalists. I then went to play Bodyguard in the UK and played Nikki. I did Pantomime in Southampton. I've also done one in um, Stevenage before. And now I'm in Come From Away in London at the Phoenix. Bethany's just gone. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be back. (laughs) Oh, she's just said, be right back. (laughs) That's what she's just said. I think the storm has been playing with people's Wi-Fi really bad. I mean, it was... um, One of my friends has just sent me a photo, and he's a tree surgeon, and the tree has completely come out of the roots and landed on a house. (gasps) Oh, my God. He's like, this is my job today, trying to get it off the house and make sure the house house is safe. Jeez, I'm back. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Like you just decided to be like, no, (laughs) you're okay. Don't worry about it. So you gave the intro to yourself. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. I'll listen to that later (laughs) when I edit it. (laughs) So what have you been up to since lockdown began? Then. Well, in fairness, probably like everybody else, I didn't think it was going to be happening this long a period. So originally, I was doing a lot of work with Come From Away. We were doing a lot of line reads still every now and again. And I was doing a lot of homework, writing up my cheat sheets for different characters that I've learned so far. Obviously, as you guys are aware, that I only joined Come From White in January this year. And then obviously lockdown happened in March. So we didn't really get much time with the show. So it kind of got taken away from us very quickly. Um, And for the new standbys, we have five characters to learn. I was only on my third and I only got halfway through my third. So I was kind of recapping and trying to write all the information down. And I bought loads of new folders and each folder is a different colour for each character. So if I was to get thrown on, I could go, okay, I'm on for Hannah, that's green. I'm on for Dyer, that's blue. And just give myself a colour system. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was doing that to begin with and then realised that we weren't going to be back for a long time. So I kind of slowly started spreading that out a little bit more started dedicating myself to a bit more fitness getting myself ready in that sense so that when we do go back that I would be stamina ready tend to work out nearly every day Mm. um and again as lockdown's gone further along um my sister's expecting a baby she's six weeks away um so we've been doing up her house because they've had a lot of work done so if I'm not here, I'm there and I'm painting and cleaning and, and I can't wait for it to be all done. <laughs> that's what I've kind of been doing. Um, I've also been pushing myself in 
the singing side. So as I said before, I was primarily more of a dancer. And it's a really weird thing for me that when it comes to doing it on stage, that's one thing because I'm playing a character, but when it means sitting at home and being vulnerable and showing people it's just me singing, it's a completely different story. Um, so I've been working on that and trying to do videos and doing recordings for my birthday this year I got the sound kit and so I've been working and learning with that as well and so yeah I've been trying to learn a couple more skills I did try and learn the ukulele but that faded out a little bit <laughs> I play the ukulele I love the I do you. like when you get into it it like gets a lot easier but I think once you've got the basics it's easy yeah. to kind of do anything because a lot of songs are like cfg and you're like I'm fine yeah um, but yeah there's lots to it. That's exciting. Um, have you watched any theatre whilst you've been at home as well? Obviously, there's been lots of live. Yeah, I have here and there. Not um, not a massive amount, because if I'm honest, it makes me really sad. I've watched a lot of things. I watched Stage Door Harry's 40th. That was the one thing that I, I, I was glued to. And I actually got really emotional and really upset by it because I was just like I miss my job and I miss my friends and I miss my life in London so I don't live in London I live outside of London but as much as I love theatre and I love watching it I also kind of get this like itching to get back so sometimes I try and take a step back from it but I did the most recent one I got to watch was uh, The Grinning Man which I actually got to see at Trafalgar Studios and it was incredible. And I got to watch it again. And I was like, oh, God, I love, love, love this piece. It's incredible. And I think people who can do puppeteer work are phenomenal. I mean, I'd love to be able to learn. I don't think my knees would be able to handle it. But <laughs> you hear of all the like, different injuries like actors end up having because of all the like puppeteering and stuff. And you're like, it looks really cool, but I'm not sure I'd actually want to. And it's like a lot of like, it's very physical as well. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine and I respect and appreciate them so much and how they make it look so incredible for for even just an hour you can get so sucked in and forget there's actually people behind it mm-hmm. I think anyone who can do that with theatre I think is incredible I also think as well I love that they're showing theatre on online but I feel the same about that as I do like watching things like X Factor that it, you're missing something because you're not there and you're not sitting in it and I think it, it takes away some of that magic so Definitely. not that I think X Factor is, is magical or anything <laughs> like that but you know what I mean when you see someone yeah. sing in person in comparison to when you hear them singing on TV there's something that is disconnected and just changes it in comparison to when you're actually sat there and witnessing it yeah and you get all that emotion, okay. you're really upset, and you're like, oh my god, she's amazing, oh, he's amazing, and oh my god, I, I just I understand it, and all of that, so. You mentioned earlier that you trained at Erdang. Do you think that set you up for the industry, or have you learnt more being in the industry and on the job now? I think it's a bit of both. They obviously give you the basics, I say the basics, but the groundwork that you need and require. I mean... I don't feel like anyone's stamina will ever be as good as it was when you were training at college because you're literally, you breathe it day in, day out. And I learned a lot being there and it taught me a lot. But then at the same time, coming out into the industry, it then taught me even more and a lot more than I ever, ever expected. And I feel like I've, I've grown a lot more 
now that I've been in the in the industry and on jobs, the people you meet, the people that are teaching you, um, the advice that they give you, and the more people you meet, the the more intel you gather, and the more you learn, and the more you learn about yourself and and what you can do and the abilities, because they kind of, in a weird way, when you're in rehearsals for certain shows, they give you this kind of safety blanket in a weird way and they kind of say okay I want you to try this and I want you to try this and then you go okay and you do this and you do that okay I like that but I want it to try and go a little bit more this way so you're in a safe space to be able to try these things I think when you're younger this was definitely for me that I was very nervous because I knew that I wasn't the strongest singer so when it came to my singing lessons I would hide behind the piano to make sure that I wouldn't get seen because I was so nervous I mean we had a very strict teacher and he used to scare the living life out of me so um and I think that now I wish I could go back and rewind the clock and just go just throw yourself into it whereas I think the jobs I have now I now have the ability to kind of go okay I'm gonna throw myself into it now whereas I think if I started like that I wonder where I would have been now so that, yeah. that, that would have been interesting to to know but it definitely has um, set me up for everything yeah what would you say is the most useful skill you learned in drama school that you still use today oh god um <laughs> that's quite hard I think that Erdang was very um amazing at at trying to bring the best view out of you and because no one's the same and I feel like sometimes when you are younger you forget that because when you're auditioning or especially in college sometimes there's aspects of you need to be a little bit more like her and you need to be a little bit more like her and I think we then think you have to be that person instead of taking the elements of what they're asking you to take so maybe it might be the confidence of her or how open someone is about so it's just taking those elements and not saying I need you to be more like that exact person to then bring more of you out. Because there's probably times where, especially when I was dancing, I would have been the most confident person. But when it came to singing, I would be very more like, and I became a bit more of a different person. So I think sometimes they were trying to be like, okay, we need that, we need that side to come out of you. So let's just try and drag that and claw that out of you. <laughs> so I definitely keep that with me now. Especially walking into auditions, I try and just be me and show them like the smiley and bubbly person that I am and what I could bring to a rehearsal room and what I could bring to meeting other cast members. Yeah. So and <laughs> we, we have quite a young audience who listen to our podcast. Okay. Um, what advice would you give to anyone who wants to start in the industry or go to drama school even? I would say know that it's not easy and know that you have to have a really thick skin I think when you eventually get into the industry, we will get a lot of no's, but we'll also get a lot of yeses. And I think that when we take the no's, like we do in life, we always listen to the negative. We forget about the positive. But I think the amazing thing to do is flip the negative round and turn it into a positive. And it's a thing of, okay, I didn't get that job. But why didn't I get that job? Probably because of one, there's going to be something coming along better for me. It might have been my height. It might have been that there was somebody else that had this to offer and that I am quite different in that sense. So I try and do that. Um, and I think that's the advice I could I can offer everybody and would recommend for everybody that it's really hard not to let it grate on you and be like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm, 
oh, I, I'm, I'm really bad at this and I'm crap at this. And, but it's not about that. It's just, I wasn't right for that job. I might not be able to fit in that, for that costume or I might not be the right partner for that guy because I might have been too tall or I might have been too small. We might not look right together. There's so many elements that we forget. So we need to remember that they're trying to build a puzzle, big picture puzzle, and we're that one piece they need to try and fit in. And we might not fit into that one, but we might fit incredibly into the next one. So that's the advice I would give, to, to never, to not worry about it and to actually just enjoy the journey as well. Because sometimes the journey is the best part. Because when you get that first payoff, oh my God, it feels so good. <laughs> Definitely. Come From Away is genuinely my, like, it's just my absolute favourite. I think it's <laughs> incredible. Incredible. And am I right in thinking that your debut in the show was the 12th of February? I was there. Oh, were you? That's incredible. Yeah. I hope it was good. Yeah, it was. It was the matinee wasn't there when there was the show stop. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. And I've never been so scared in all my life. I felt sick. <laughs> we were all on stage and it was, um, it was the scene just before and it was um, Taron was doing his, uh, oh, was it? No, I'm sorry. Taron was about to do his um, grill speech when mm. he got- people's houses and it was the bar scene just before that and the revolver stopped and they were thinking that I was sat at the table with them and they were like okay how are we going to do this how are we going to do this scene when we're not at the front and they were so clever about it but then I then was thinking oh my god how am I going to do Hannah's bit how am I going to sing this song I haven't got the chair and I haven't got the table I don't know what to do (laughs) and we hadn't learned yet or, or had we I think we'd done a mock of what would happen but not to the fullest and obviously it was my first show and I was so nervous. And obviously they called us off. So I quickly was breathing at the side. I was like, I need some water. I'm so panicking. And um, I then got back on. And then obviously I then had to go straight back into, into my song. I've never been so nervous in my life. And I knew something like that was going to happen. It's just, it's just my luck. But I wouldn't change it for the world. That's a memory to, to remember. <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. Honestly, I just think that show, just everything about it is just... It's incredible. It's so difficult. How are you finding trying to learn, like, five different tracks? I mean, it's the hardest job I've ever had to do in my life. When I found out I had... So I saw the job... I saw the job, sorry. I saw the show um, last year after my sister's wedding. And a friend had from Bodyguard had said to me, I've got a spare ticket, do you want to come? My friend's on. Great. I'd love to see the show, been dying to see the show. I saw it, I laughed, I cried, and I left and I was buzzing. And I was like, this is a show that anybody would love to do, especially actors, you have to be so good for it. And for me, then get an audition the following later that year, I was like, oh my God, this is this is nuts. I'm not gonna get it. And when I found out I got it, I cried. I cried so much, I couldn't believe it. It's such a hard show. And I, I won't lie, there are elements where I've, I've struggled a little bit. There's some bits I'm like, okay, I've got this. It's great. And then there would be some bits I was like, this is so hard. Like the accent itself alone is so hard. And I, yeah. I've definitely gone home and, and cried a couple of times because I was like, am I in over my head here? Or, or have I got it? And then you go back in the next day and it's sunk in a little bit more. And you're like, okay, no, no, I have got it. And then you learn a little bit more. And so that's with one character. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to learn them all and all the harmonies and the standbys we have on the show that have stayed who are from the original cast are 
phenomenal and I applaud them and I take my hat off to them and they are so good and they are so quick and they help us and push us and I still have a lot to learn and I'm looking forward to getting back and continuing the, the journey and learning all the characters um but it is just it's nothing like I ever imagined and when you watch on stage they make it look easy the characters on stage you get to do it every day and the traffic and the moving the chairs that's one element and they're phenomenal and then to have to be a standby and slot in and make it look seamless oh wow it's incredible yeah I, gen- I genuinely don't know how you do it because to th- looking at the people in it and thinking learning one part must be hard but trying to learn five I just it's hard though because even the people who are on stage doing it all the time it's not just one part because they play different characters. Mm. So for them, some people it's like three, four flipping in and out. And yeah. And especially with the accents as well. Sometimes I find myself, I'm in an accent and then I'm like, Oh my God, I've got to switch in a second. Wait, what (laughs) is it? And because you're listening to other people around you, you do just get a bit like, and I don't know how the, especially obviously Kiara and, and Jennifer, how they just when we're doing line reads how they can jump into other characters as well as the ones that they're practicing and at the time and I'm just it blows my mind it's actually incredible it is crazy and um, have you <laughs> met any of the real people that the show's based on uh yes I got to meet Bonnie I was very shy I, I won't lie about that and I got to meet um Brian Moser as well who Janice Moser is two people put into one so they were both mm-hmm interviewing on on the day but instead of having two characters on stage and then combined with them and put them into one so we got to meet him and he is the most amazing person he's so oh oh god it was amazing we had to do like kissing the fish ceremony and doing the shot and to make us proper newfoundlanders and it was a, it was the most fun and that was just as covid had just been talking about being announced and potentially mm. shutting theatre down so when we were kissing the fish everyone had their own piece of cling film it wasn't a proper kiss of the fish and everyone was sharing and so but it was it was incredible and Bonnie seems like the nicest person and the sweetest person so to know that we're actually playing real characters is just so cool and so touching and every time I get to the end of the show I can't help but get choked even in rehearsals just there's something about it so moving I guess because of everything that happened and the circumstances that brought them to that situation Mm. and I sometimes just think that when you watch movies that are based on true stories you just can't believe that those things have happened in life and they don't seem real they do actually feel like someone's written them because it's just so so crazy I think maybe that's an element of that, that we're getting to portray something that's so real and touches so many people in, in different ways. Yeah, because I like, didn't even know that it happened until I saw the show. You just don't think about like, it. I definitely just... would have never have thought about those elements of like how long they would have had to have been on the planes for and obviously running out of stock on the planes and, and then having to house them, having to get them there, the animals on the plane. And we had to watch documentaries about it before... Um, in rehearsals we, we spent a Saturday and we all sat there and watched loads of documentaries about it and and how they had to all the planes that came in how they had to line them up in the airport but in a certain way but at the furthest point away from the airport because they didn't know if any of them had bombs on them yeah so all these things you actually didn't think about at the time you just your focus was so much on New York that you forget about 
everywhere else. But I guess at the time we were still so young at the same time. So don't think about that as well. But they are remarkable people. And I can't wait to meet the rest of them. Yeah. What's your favourite moment of the show? Because I feel like you go from like laughing one minute at like the cardiologists to then. Oh my God, I love the cardiologists. Honestly, it's just hilarious to then crying at like Hannah singing I'm here. Like what's your favourite bit of the show? There's so many, there's so many good parts and there's so many, this is going to rip my heart out moment. I love the end of Me in the Sky when the girls are all in it. I think when I'm on stage and I'm, I'm jamming out, I do sometimes feel like I might get a little bit carried away and I'm having to, <laughs> like I've got someone trying to rein me back in. I worry sometimes that someone's side of stage being like, Isha, less, less is more, less is more. <laughs> I can feel the dancer in me coming out being like, I want to like just really go for it. So I love that bit. And I love Bonnie's speech when she's talking to the, to the cat and the dog and bonobo chimpanzee that breaks my heart so much i love beulah as a character i love all the men i love the two kevin this this i actually i actually can't and the more i think about it the more i miss the show <laughs> the first time i saw it i'd kind of got through it and i was crying but i didn't start like proper sobbing until bonnie was saying goodbye to the animals oh, i know it's really was... do you know actually one of my fa- one of my favorite things to do as much as being in the show, is as a standby, we get we can obviously go up front and, and watch the show. And, and as an assistant dance captain as well, I can I go out up front and just make sure that everything's okay and check things that need to be looked at. But one of my favorite things is watching a new audience's reaction to certain moments. And when, I can't remember when it was, and it was the, the Bonnie speech with the animal saying goodbye. And I saw a mother and daughter sat together and she was like talking about the bonobo chimpanzee and the girl touched her mum and then suddenly they both just burst into tears. And I was like, these moments you don't get to see on stage because, because of the light. You can only see a few people, like you obviously direct it to people, but you never really get to fully see their actions because you're also in your own moment and trying to play the story. So to be out front and get into witness their reactions that's also something that's really amazing and like when when someone sings a high note especially when alice sings oh my god and when people in the audience are literally like yes like and you can see them they're just they wanna there's so many different moments and that people are they're just so with you and i think that is a massive highlight for me that i get to witness that yeah it is it's just so good but what was it like being in the theater when you were told that everything was closing because of COVID. We all cried. It was heartbreaking because I think we all thought we had a little bit longer and then obviously coming in that day and then the producers being in and there was a bit of element of, okay, something's not right. I'm a little bit worried. And then they put us on in a circle and, and then explained and that was just heartbreaking. Really, really heartbreaking. And for the people who have been there since the beginning and love the show and haven't really had a chance to be with the new cast just yet as much as they probably want to for that to be taken away and then for the new people who, who are just learning and, and having a real love for the show for that to then be taken away and be taken away for so long it's just it's crazy I, I think about it in the sense of by the time it had been my 30th birthday we would have learned all our covers 
So when we go back, we've then obviously got to recap everything and we've basically got to learn it all again because yeah. it's going to be such a break for us, for them. And so it's going to be an interesting couple of, well, month or so and then getting used to the revolver again. I only just got used to the revolver and it freaks me <laughs> out anyway. And then I'm going to have to go back and get used to it all again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to be able to see it again because I think after this i think that show's going to mean so much more i think so it's just, it's just so re- it's so there's so many parts of the show that relate to so many people it's not just a piece of, of theater that is just amazing there's real meaning behind it not that i'm not saying that not a lot of musicals aren't like that because a lot of them are but just because people can relate and i think People are, have, been, have been locked away and have been shielding um, and have had like, anxiety and, and have, might have dealt with losses. But also, at the same time, being in lockdown might have also, in a weird way, been what people might have needed and, and, and a happy moment for them. So it kind of is like come from way how being in Newfoundland as bad as it was for them being there because of the circumstances. Some people, it was like the happiest time of their lives. They got to meet the loves of their life, the, the love of their life and, and meeting new incredible friends. And in a way, lockdown has kind of been like that as well. Like I'll be meeting my niece or nephew, like, and I, I'll potentially be home when my sister goes into labor. Whereas if I was working, I could have been in London and might not have been able to get back and, all these little things, whereas I'll get to be there and meet meet him or her sooner than I ever expected. So it's like you get to spend time with your family, you get to see your friends and obviously social distance. <laughs> but you know what I mean in that, in that sense that there's things that you might not have been able to do. Like Yes, holidays have been taken away from us, but at the same time, my 30th birthday probably wouldn't have been the same as if I was in London. Just yeah. it, everything's flipped and sometimes in great ways and sometimes in bad ways but we'll never forget it it's the world will never forget it yeah it's like we met through lockdown so like if it wasn't for lockdown like us four just wouldn't know each other and I just find that like crazy how lovely though now you've created something and that you can keep keep on working with and maybe make bigger you never know where it's going to take you and I think that's incredible yeah hopefully we'll all be at, come from white at some point to <laughs> come and watch it <laughs> I want to talk about Mamma Mia. Yeah, no problem. Because um, it's such like a feel-good show, and I think it's just so familiar because the songs are so like well-known, mm-hmm. and it's just like so accessible. What's your favorite part of like? Because audience reactions are just so like you know when I've seen it, there's been like people screaming the lyrics out as well, and it's like this is madness. It's just like so unique. So like, what's your experience with that? All that. So I. I used to date a guy that was in Mamma Mia in town and I remember going to watch it and I, and I had said to my mum and dad, they came as well. I was like, I've now been on this side of the show. I'd love to be on that side of the show to see the reaction that we're giving them and how it must feel. So then when I got the show, I was like, I'm now going to witness this. Being on, on a UK tour, by the way, each venue is completely different depending on where you are and the audience reactions are completely different. Further up north you go, the crazier they become, and I love it. Yeah, we know um, that, yeah. <laughs> Glasgow is, is 
mad. I mean, we had some times on Bodyguard as well, but it's the same with Mamma Mia. And, and they, th- there's, there's moments where you don't think they're going to sing out because it's like a real delicate and touching moment. And then they shout things out and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> and we're side of stage and, or backstage and I'm wetting myself because some of the comments they throw out, we're just like, hang on, what's going on? They're changing the show completely for us. Like, I don't understand also how the, um, the actors on stage would be able to hold, hold it without laughing. No. But it, honestly, by the time you get to the end of that show, you have to put so much energy into that show. And by the time you finish, it's exhausting. Like, I mean, especially doing the waves of my side, they would kill me. But you would be so buzzing. You couldn't just go home and go to bed. And it's not like you're going to your own home home because you were on tour you would have to go back to your digs and where you're staying and and you're just so buzzed from the audience's reaction you can't sleep so i mean my time on Mamma Mia was definitely um more party vibe than on any other job i've had <laughs> what's your favorite part of touring oh a mixture of things because i'm a bit of a, a veteran when it comes to touring now i've done so many so i love visiting my favorite theaters and seeing people that I've met before I love that but I also just love going to the cities I love I just love traveling the UK because I just think that we are a country that kind of go oh god I want to go abroad I'm sick of English weather and when it's like the storm Fiona right now is it Fiona Florence no I know my name is I'm gonna call her Storm F there we go (laughs) when there's weather like this I'm like yeah okay it it's crap but when we get good weather it's incredible and then when you're in certain parts of the UK the further up north you go like into Scotland and stuff it's so beautiful and I kind of go you you feel like you're not even in England so that's the elements I love about touring that you just get to see things and like oh my god we have we live in such a beautiful country and it just makes me kind of want to go back like if someone was like to me oh would you like to go for a weekend I'd be like oh I'm going to Liverpool oh I'm to go to Manchester oh let's go to Edinburgh just because I, I love I love visiting these places. I just think they're so so cool, and the people are so nice. But then I think that's kind of what's come out of lockdown, because obviously abroad holidays are cancelled. So I think people are more appreciating what we've got here, yeah, much more. Do you have a favourite place to tour? Oh, I have a couple. I yeah. love Edinburgh. I love Edinburgh with all my heart. I mean, the theatre scares me because it's definitely haunted. Or <laughs> so I was told it was, and I feel like it is. And it's such a big theatre. When I first used to go there, I felt like I would um, put my head down just in case I saw a ghost, just because I was so scared. <laughs> um, I love the, the city and I love the people there and I love the nightlife and I love how big that theatre is. It, is. it is a scary theatre, but it's so beautiful. I love York. I love how small that theatre is. And I love how scenic the town is. and It's absolutely beautiful. Again, I love, love, love Manchester. I love all the theatres they have there. And I would love to do another show there. Oh, I love Bristol. <laughs> oh my God, my list is going to go on. <laughs> I love Bristol. Bristol's like one of my, my top, top places. I think it's, it's a bit like London in, in, a, in a way, but and the people are just extremely nice. I think people make a city because the city can be lovely. But if the people aren't nice, I think it then can change your mind. And a lot of places we do go, everyone is incredible and, and, and so nice and so helpful and so friendly. And 
if I could go anywhere, I, I want to try and get an Australian tour and put it out to the universe mm. eventually. I want to tour Australia. <laughs> if you could put a lesser known ABBA song into like another film or into another musical, which ABBA song would it be? I'm not sure. Because, don't judge me. <laughs> Please don't say you don't like ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> I do Hello. like Abba. I will be honest, after doing that show for a year, I have definitely taken a step back from Abba music because we would go on nights out after doing a double show day and then hear it again. And I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't escape it. Not that that's a bad thing. So I, I can't remember the last time I listened to an Abba song. I'm so sorry. I did help you out. You guests have the, said that actually. Yeah, you're not the first on. person to say that. No. Okay, that makes me feel better. I did have that on the um, Mamma Mia 2 soundtrack as well. Um, and I got to sing some songs. And I, and I loved doing that. But it is one of those shows that sometimes when the song comes on, I'm like, all I can think about is the waves and how much it hurt my body. And how tired I'd be. I'd be like, you've got to keep pushing through, especially in the mega mix. Uh, what was it like being part of the films? So I didn't actually get to do the movie, but I know quite mm-hmm. a few did but to to be a part of the soundtrack I've never done anything like that before so that was really cool there must have been about 12 of us that just kept recording the songs going through the harmonies and stuff and it was a really fun experience I never thought I'd do anything like that I'd actually like to explore that side of of our industry a little bit more or like do backing singing a little bit more and or behind an artist or something like that. Like, that would be really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I saw the tour when it came to Norwich and I absolutely loved it. I wasn't sure if I was going to love it, but I, I did love it. And I think the thing I loved is obviously my generation will never get to see Whitney Houston live perform. But you see that and you're like, I feel like I have almost been at a Whitney Houston concert. <laughs> what was what was it like being part of a show like that? Hard. It's hard to live up to, I think, because she's got this such incredible voice. Sometimes I'd get on stage and be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm actually having to sing Whitney every night. And I feel like I need to do it justice. And But not just because I'm having to sing it, but because I want to portray the story. I loved playing Nicky Marin. I mean, she's... She was very draining <laughs> because she starts off and she's such like a nice person. And then obviously you just start to see her character really come through and her life and what her relationship with Rachel has done to her. So that was quite a fun journey to do. And then obviously then to cover Rachel Maron as well. And that is, such, I honestly don't know how Alec did it. She's phenomenal. She would come in with this energy every day and it would get us all pumped and ready to do the show. And, and then she'd continue that. Even backstage when she's doing her quick changes, she just still was hilarious. So she would be the serious actor on stage and sing her heart out. And then she'd come backstage and just be like, woo, and, and still be crazy. She, it was amazing. The show is just so iconic, isn't it? And I think every song that is in that show, for me, I have like a moment for it of like just in my life of like, oh, I, I, I always used to listen to that song here and oh, I remember that song from there. And it's, it's, it's such a great, it's vocally so hard to do. But once you've got it, it's great. Something I loved about it was obviously all the big 
dance numbers because they were so impressive did you have a favorite number to be a part of oh my god 100 percent. it was i'm every woman having those girls behind you the dancers in that show are phenomenal and i feel like if i could have given them if it was like if i could edit the show in any way i'd wish that they had at least one more dance number because they just oh my god the stuff that they had to do in that show was so incredibly hard and they are so ridiculously flexible <laughs> and I would actually as Nikki I would watch side of the stage and just be like I would be cheering them on when they would do that number and sometimes I'd dance with them obviously because I would be practicing the Rachel track um, and then obviously being on stage and getting to do with the Rachel track I would be loving my <laughs> life it was everything because obviously as Nikki you don't get to dance and obviously I love dancing. So then when I got to do Rachel, I was like, this is everything. <laughs> it made my day. And they are just, the dancers on that show work so hard. If they are, they warm up before a dance number, then they go on and then they come up and they cool down. And then before another big number, they warm up. They like, they are doing their press up. They're doing sit ups. They're, they are just, some of them used to um, do, oh, what's he called? Who's the gentleman that does really crazy workouts? Some of you know, by any chance. I can, I can see him in my head and I can't think of his name. Emily, what? you're the fitness one out of all of us. <laughs> I'm just thinking Joe Wicks. No, it's not him. He's an American guy. It's gone. It's absolutely <laughs> gone. They would download it onto their laptops and, and they would work out, do big workouts during the show. So they would start with I'm Every Woman. No, sorry, they'd start with Queen of the Night then how will I know? Then they'd go have their break, they would do a workout, they'd then come back for I'm Every Woman, and then they'd have more of a rest before the finale of the show. And sometimes I'd, I'd walk downstairs and catch them, I'd be like, you guys are mad, you're actually mad. They'd be like, come join them. I'd be like, no, put <laughs> <Is that> my knee <laughs> outfit on, no, I'm okay. You work out your bodies, I'll just work out my voice. <laughs> So I applaud any anyone who does that show, especially if you're a dancer, because it's ridiculous. Um, did you have a favourite costume to wear? Because I loved all the like little, almost like strictly style costumes that they had for the dance numbers. Beautiful. I am um, one moment in time. Yeah, one moment in time. That beautiful gold dress, and you just come off from the scene with you and Frank, and he's on the sofa. And you have to quickly rush off and you just strip and quickly get into this dress and it was and then suddenly you'd just be sat on the chair and I'd feel so beautiful but I know underneath that I'd be sweating <laughs> whether you really can tell that I loved I loved that dress and also in I Will Always Love You that beautiful blue dress with the, with the feathers and walking down to the to the lift and towards the end of the show though I think think more so those outfits because they're not something that you could wear in normal life. Whereas some of the other outfits she has would definitely be my kind of outfits that I would like to wear, like the oversized jumpers and the, and the long cardigans and like the high boots. But I won't lie to any of you that anytime I was on, I would sweat so much. We, I've had some occasions on that show where we couldn't get costumes on and we would be in giggling fits side of stage, like trying to get, do you know when she's in the club scene, at the Mayan, yeah, and we had these beautiful um, silver boot heels, trainer boot heels. Oh my god, trying to get them off after that number because we don't wear tights, we don't wear socks. So, oh. to run off, 
and then quickly get ready for um, run to you, your bare foot. And there was one day that we could not get my trainer off. And we, we had cut it down to the last minute. The slider was like that. And I jumped into the seat and was like, <laughs> had to act oh my God. <laughs> But I was crying. I mean, I was, we were wetting ourselves by the stage because there was two dressers, Claire and Ellie, yanking my foot and we just couldn't get it off. And we were so panicked that I was going to have to go with one shoe and one bare foot and just sit there and be really casual about it. <laughs> there have been some moments on that show where I've never laughed so hard before. It's a great show. <laughs> one last thing. Obviously, being a jukebox musical, it has audience response like Mamma Mia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it had different, because obviously people aren't going to yeah, attempt to sing some of the notes from Whitney Houston. But also, like, audience response, I didn't expect them in certain places. And, like, obviously they find bits funny that sometimes aren't funny. So how did you yeah, find that? that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I know exactly which bit you mean as well. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, it, it's it's weird that maybe it's because Mamma Mia tends to attract more like Hindus. I don't, I don't know why, but they're both jukebox musicals. But yet you don't tend to have people try and sing along as much on Bodyguard, maybe because they feel like it's a little bit more of a concert because the songs that people tend to sing along with in... Mamma Mia tend to be more of the bigger numbers and it's very rare that they would sing like the ballady numbers and if they did be because people were more on the drunken side (laughs) um whereas Bodyguard I think because it is one person constantly singing by themselves I think people are more wanting to listen to that person sing it like I would never have anyone sing any of Nicky Maron's songs with and they would never sing Run To You either maybe a little bit of Run To You maybe the I want to run to you those bits they would like jump in every now and again I think I think we do that like even in the car though do you know sometimes you're listening to a song you're like I'm going to listen to it and every now and again you like jump in by accident I think it's more of that kind of vibe until you get to the end of the show of Bodyguard when she sings I want to dance to somebody and she's actually like sing along and also maybe it's because it's Alexandra Burke that they are literally like I want to listen to her singing and they probably did it with Beverly Knight as well, um, because they've just got some, they've got these great big voices that I think people are just like, I want to listen to them sing it instead of. I know there's been arguments when people have started to sing, and people have turned around and been like, shush. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> a kerfuffle. After Actually, me and Alex have been on stage once, and we've heard the kerfuffle of people shouting at each other, telling each other to shut up, because they wanted to hear us sing where other people wanted to join in. That was quite. That was interesting to sing through. <laughs> I wanted to ask a bit about, you're obviously on the UK tour of it. Mm-hmm. Did you have any like specific highlights from that tour? Everything. I think I was in, as it was my first job, I remember finding out about that. And I had a missed call from my agent and I was shopping in Asda with my mum. And I was like, oh, mum, I've had a missed call. I've got to go take this. So I ran outside because there was no signal. And she said to the, the lady at the counter, I'm either going to be crying with happiness or I'm going to be crying with sadness. So just please ignore me. And I came running back in and I was crying. I was like, I got the job, I got the job. I was so, so happy. And that was a show that I had seen 
in at the Savoy Theatre and been like, this is this is my dream job. This is this is going to be my first job. And then it was my first job. No idea how, but it was. And that whole experience on that job was incredible. From every single cast member, from all the costumes, from the show itself, from the casting directors, from the directors, from the choreography. There's not one element of that show that wasn't incredible. And I miss the show so much, but I would never want to touch it again because I never think my experience will ever be the same on it. It was such a great team and it's such a great show. And I, I, wish, I wish I could rewind the clock and do it all again with the same team, but never try and redo it in years to come. So I couldn't even pick a highlight moment for that because the whole experience was just, it was magical. I think especially because it was your first role and you had thought, this is what I want to do. And then that happened for you. Like, I don't think you could ever replicate that again, to be honest. Like, it just wouldn't have the same kind of vibe or feel. Exactly. And I think as well, because, because I wasn't a singer and then got that part, I think that was another element of, oh my God, I actually can't believe this. And do you know, actually, one of the amazing moments for me on that show is that I got the three girls that played the PMS, Pilar, Serena and Margot, are the most amazing girls. So I had Sophie Isaacs as my Margot and I had Sinead Long as, oh, sorry, Sophie Isaacs, yeah, as my Margot and Sinead Long as my Serena. And they were the most amazing girls and we hit off like a, a bonfire. And I couldn't imagine have done it, doing that with anybody else other than those two. So I'm really, that's probably a big moment for me because we had so much fun and there's moments where we had to wait behind cubicles after certain scenes. We had to sit there until the scenery went off. But we'd have such a little laugh together, even though we were on stage. It probably shouldn't have been. But it was just so great. And it was just a great show. Um, and you also, you were part of the We Will Rock You International Tour. Or yeah. well, sorry. Um, so did you prefer, like, touring the world or, like, touring the UK? And, like, what kind of differences in... Sort of like positives and negatives of both I suppose. When you go on a UK tour, because because it is the UK, it still classes your home. So you have to sort out all your own accommodation. So in that aspect, that's a little bit harder and a little bit annoying. <laughs> Whereas when you go on an arena tour or world tour or whatever it may be, they sort all that out for you. So all I was doing was coming to the airport with my passport and my suitcase and they would tell us okay we're going here we're going here this is all sorted for you and you just got to see parts of the world that you have never seen before and because I was quite young as my second job I had all I ever did in my holidays when I was at college at Erdang was go back home and work Mm. so that I could then come back and have money to be in London so I never really got a lot of holidays unless it was like family holidays so then to go away on a job and get to see all these incredible places it was incredible when you're on the uk tour it's a very set schedule because you know that to break down the scenery in one venue to then drive it to another location doesn't take too long whereas when you're on when we were on we were rock you if we were going from prague to amsterdam we there was like 13 trucks full of of costumes wigs and scenery that they would have to then break down get in the trucks, drive it to the next venue, 
and then build it all back up again. So depending on how long it took, depended then meant how long we got a break. So we could have been doing a show for two weeks in Prague and then we'd get a week off because that's how long it took to get everything to the next venue. Um, so that was quite nice because then we then got, by the time we got there, because we then flew quite quickly to the next venue, we then got to explore and, and see things and or take little vacations of our own. And a group of us went to and got a villa somewhere and hired cars and went away for a couple of days because we had so long a break until they can build up all the scenery. So that was amazing. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever get to experience anything like that again. Well, maybe one day, but so in that sense, that was so much fun. And I, I missed it. I miss it. Yeah, definitely. Did you have a favorite like destination out of all the places you've been in the world that you've performed in? There's been a couple. My most recent, and I think is my big, big, I want to go back to Japan. Mm. We went with Bodyguard and we were there for six weeks in total. We did four weeks in Japan and then two weeks in Osaka. I would go back in a heartbeat. It was incredible. And there was so many, so much I didn't get to see and still want to see, but I still got to see loads as well at the same time. Mm. So I can't wait to go back. Is there one item you couldn't live without whilst you were touring, like that you just had to make sure you had? Mm. there's a couple (laughs) (laughs) I like to bring like sentimental things so I'm all about photos so that if I am homesick that I've got my family and friends around me those are things that would be in the theatre my steamer (laughs) I could not live without my steamer Um, especially my electrical one that that got me through a lot and then very very childish but I have a teddy bear that my nan had got me years ago and that tends to come on tour with me just as an element of if I miss home Mm. which is I'm 30 year old (laughs) and I still take a teddy on tour with me (laughs) yeah there's definitely my main item I mean I would have a list I have like my little organization bags in my suitcase that I take with me and they make my life so things like that as well but those are my main three I love those organization bags I got them a few years ago and I was like these are life-changing like they are, aren't they? Yeah. anyone who doesn't have one you need one in your life they uh, well I'm an organization freak and all my friends know that and my suitcase is always so neat you know where everything is if someone was to go into my hotel room and be like right what do you need I could tell them exactly where it is in my suitcase because it was so organized so these little bags were everything to me and my sister's actually just bought some and I'm like it's so fun and exciting this is what happens when you get older (laughs) the things that excite you now sure um and just the last one for me did you have a favorite moment in particular from Legally Blonde like the show in general oh I definitely loved 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 doing positive I'm all about um, girl power, girls supporting girls. I think that's why I'm a bit obsessed with six. And I feel like positive is that moment that the girls are literally like, yes, let's beat the crap out of Vivian. Like, <laughs> not that I condone violence, but just like that power on stage of the girls being like, yes, we're going to be sassy and we're going to dance out and the song is great. And it was just so much fun. And I love the costumes. 
I loved the costumes on that show. To see us all in white and all coming up in, in these positions was just, it was great. We always uh, like to finish on some quick fire questions. Go for it. If you could go back in time and see any production of any show, what would you pick? Oh my God, this is not quick fire. Um, uh, um, oh my God, this is really hard. Um, I'm just going to throw one out there. I'm going to say Ren. Okay. <laughs> one word to describe your career to date. Random right now, but incredible. A dream theatre to work in. Ooh, Dominion. Dream role to play. Um, it was always Nala. It was always Nala. Night in or night out? Night in. Steps or S Club 7? Oh, that's not fair. I'm going to go S Club 7. Yes. <laughs> uh, dream castmate, like someone you really want to work with? Lauren Drew. Mamma Mia or The Bodyguard? Bodyguard. A show you were in that you wish more people had seen? Xanadu. A cast recording you're listening to at the moment? Six. Someone who inspired you growing up? Oh, Michael Jackson. Favourite costume you've worn? Um, my We Will Rock You. My little jumpsuit. Best piece of advice you've been given? Be full out. <laughs> uh, the best set you've performed on? Ooh, we Will Rock You, one of the arenas. Describe yourself in three words. Bubbly, smiley and a little bit sassy. <laughs> we're also in the process of making like a big playlist with people's kind of song recommendations in nice. so we're going to start with you what musical theatre song do you want to put in and then we'll share ours oh okay um sister act fabulous baby yeah, yeah. sister act last night when we did you know what? <laughs> when you just said about my dream roles like so many were going through my head and <laughs> my mouth was like word vomit and it was on pause it was like i can't get words out i, I, I remember so many um alice what are you gonna put in um i'm gonna put million dollar bill in from bodyguard yay emily what are you gonna put in some people from gypsy <gasps> bethany I'm going to put um, What You Want from Legally Blonde in. And I've changed mine. I was going to put Newsies in, but talking about Come From Away, I'm going to put the <laughs> finale in. Yeah, <laughs> Just because at the end, you're just in tears. It's incredible. I mean, there's so many songs we could put in. Uh, yeah. yeah there's, uh, the list is kind of endless, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs>